The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. The award-winning podcast that's never won an award. Downloaded and listened to around the world. Join the conversation on our social media. An educational experience that'll make you laugh. You're listening to Just Some Podcast. And here's your hosts, Ben and Tom. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, man, it's been a little while. I know for the audience, it'll only be like a week, but because of the way we record things, it's actually been several weeks since we've got to sit down and talk, so how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Honestly, don't have as much to complain about as usual, as told by Sam, the producer, to cut down on my complaining during pre-production, so I guess, you know... He's right in some ways, maybe once. I don't want to tell him that all the time, but I don't know. Anyways, how are you been? I'm not doing too bad. And honestly, I don't know if you want to take advice from Sam. I mean, we had a 15-minute pre-production meeting about what this episode was over, everything that we were going to talk about. We get ready to push the record button. And Tom, what did Sam say? Hey, uh, what's this episode about? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so let me tell you, nothing engenders confidence in what is about to happen during your podcast when the producer goes uh what what are we doing like <laughs> that's a way to start off with he's like yeah you're just gonna make fun of oklahoma again i'm like no today i'm gonna make fun of you so that's all, that's all we there you go yeah, a little cheers from cheers. us yeah. well you know normally we banter but i don't know if we're gonna have time to banter this week it's looking to be well you know what there's gonna be plenty of banter in the last half of the episode, I think. I think well, that's going to be the banter section. We have so many shout-outs to acknowledge that uh, you know we may have to cut our bantering short. Oh, well, yes, we do have several, but I think they are uh, well-earned, and it's been very, very pleasant. I don't know if pleasant is the right word. It's been uh, rewarding to see all the love and feedback we've been getting, so I'm super happy to do a couple shout-outs and make sure that these people know that when they write into us that we do see it. Speaking of love, Tom, have you potentially heard from... Matt and Kendra. So I have, I haven't spoken to Matt, but I did get a message from Kendra, who I'm sure is listening now. And she loved not only the shout out, but Kendra made sure to message me and point out how often she laughed and laughed and laughed at the issues I was having during the kidney stone and it just made me think, wow, my pain really brought a lot of people pleasure, apparently. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, here's the thing to be completely fair is if somebody learned something from it or it improved another person's outcomes, then it was worth it. And 
it's therapeutic to talk about, I guess, you know, you get the story out and like, Oh, okay. You get it. You get over it a little bit every time you tell it. So it was pretty good, but we do have several shout outs that we should get to. So first I would like to say Miss Amber, who gave us a message about listen to us on her long commutes and drives. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And she also validates everything I have to say that's bad about Oklahoma. She says she's from Oklahoma and that I'm absolutely correct. So thank you very much, Amber. We do appreciate you reaching out to us. Yeah, our next one was actually a former instructor of mine who has become an avid listener of our podcast and shot us an email and was like, hey, really loving in the show and all the banter back and forth between you and Tom. And she really enjoyed the God episode, but she did mention, and actually she had sent me another link, Tom. You had said in the God episode about bariatric surgery and how that was a risk factor, but we weren't sure the reasoning behind that or the rationale. Uh, she actually sent us something that said from a website that it was also important not to lose weight to click. Words are hard. <laughs> it's also important not to lose weight too quickly because rapid weight loss and fasting can actually increase the amount of uric acid in your body. So that could be why you have some gout with some gastric bypass. Well, it's always good. I just wish I had been able to find that information prior to the episode, but it's also reassuring that not only are people listening like Miss Pat, but that they're trying to incorporate something or if they like, hey, I know why. And they're getting back to us. It just makes it, it just makes me feel that much better about what we're doing. And then finally is a huge shout out. Ben, do you want to do this one? Doesn't matter, man. If you want to do no, it, no, right. you go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right. So for those who are nurse practitioners and nurses, there's somebody who's on Instagram and also on YouTube. She's got a pretty big following on YouTube, like 27,000 followers. And we talked about her before. It's I'm.nurse.liz. And she did a podcast video this week listing her favorite healthcare podcast for 2019. Tom, guess which podcast was on there? Was it uh, Yo Soy Cooking, the Mexican version of How to Make Tacos? I think that just fell off the bottom of the list. It was actually our podcast. She mentioned that we were one of her favorite podcasts. She did give the warning that we do tend to swear a little bit. Tom. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. But we appreciate the shout out. We actually reached out to her and we're going to have her on a future episode, I think next month. So that'll be good also. That will be good. And I would like to point out, I think I just said I am tacos. <laughs> in Spanish. So you could clearly see I was a Spanish major in college. Sam, can you confirm if that was uh, what Tom did in fact say? Yes. And I liked how I also pointed out it was the Mexican version of how to make tacos. Like, what other version was there? There's not a lot of Baltic, Ukrainian, Russian tacos. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> I think I'm flustered because of the mismanagement by Sam during the pre-production. And it's it just got me off my whole rhythm right now. So let's talk about this episode a little bit, Ben, so that people... Oh, wait a second. Whoa. We can't talk about the episode yet. No. You know why? Because we haven't done social media. That's right. That's how, how all these people have reached out to us. I even gave... I even set it up, Tom. Like, that was a set. I was waiting for you to spike it. Like, I talked about Instagram. I talked about YouTube. And you, you didn't spike the ball, Tom. Well, you, I'm not a volleyball player. I'm only 5'9". Yeah. <laughs> Yo no soy volleyball. 
<laughs> no soy fireball. <laughs> but you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. Email us, admin at justsomepodcast.com. You can also find us on Helium Radio. That's Helium Radio After Dark, their channel too. We are on Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Tom, what else can they do? Well, first of all, they can give us some ratings and reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Write in to tell us what we should do to Sam the producer for punishment. <laughs> then they can go to our webpage and go down to the bottom. There's an affiliate link for Amazon shopping. You click on that. It takes you to your Amazon shopping. And every purchase helps us out, gives us a little bit of a kickbacks. It's free to you and doesn't cost anything. So we really appreciate it when people use it. But having said all that, now should we do stories that we may have missed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. See, I'm trying to get ahead of myself. I'm all flustered. You're all excited about all... episode, I know. I I am. See what happens when we take a, couple, a week off for spring break? We get all flustered and forget the, the order of the damn show. Well, and if we had a producer that was paying attention and <laughs> not stuffing his face with pizza. Well, Tom, in our stories that we may have missed, as you know, there is we are currently looking at a measles outbreak throughout the United States. And some of that could be certainly related to unvaccinated children. What? Hold on. Could be. I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a fucking direct link right there. My friend, <laughs> like, I don't think that's a could be all right. I don't think there's a sudden failure of measles vaccines in America. I think it's a bunch of assholes not getting vaccinated. All right, fine. But there is a New York County that took an extremely unusual step and have actually banned unvaccinated minors under the age of 18 from any public places in Rockland County, New York. Good. <laughs> this declaration is an effort to contain an outbreak of measles that began in October in that county. 153 cases have been confirmed in the county. Well, I would say that's good not only for the general public, but it's also good for those kids that are not vaccinated because of the ignorance of their parents. I mean, I think they're at real risk. So why continually allow them to not only A, spread the disease, but B, if they haven't caught it, why expose them to it? The CDC does appear to be supporting the health department in this as well. Spokesman for the CDC, Jason McDonald, stated state law gives health departments authority to broadly implement control measures in response to outbreaks. They have said that it's not going to go on indefinitely, but they are trying to get this epidemic under control. If you're curious what public places they're talking about, this could include synagogues, churches, schools, restaurants, stores, and public buses. It says public places are defined as a place where more than 10 persons are intended to congregate. Maybe our podcast would be a public place, Tom. It could be, but I don't think we have that many uh, family members in Rockland County, New York. So perhaps <laughs> perhaps that's safe. I, I'm just thinking for right now. But who knows? Maybe in the short future, that'll be possible. Maybe will become uh, so popular we'll be like bill and ted in the future like our podcast is why society is excellent to each other i like that yeah and you know they're making like the third bill and ted i was just gonna lead back into that and say hey were you aware that that's gonna happen when i heard that i actually forwarded that on my social media accounts i was like this had better not be a joke like right. if this is if this is real like 
here we go. <laughs> you know, but don't don't be toying with my emotions, Bill and Ted. No, I, I'm totally excited. That's probably one of the few movies I will go see in theaters because it's Bill and Ted, and that's freaking awesome. Oh, absolutely. That's just like I was super excited to see some of the stuff for like the redoing Pet Cemetery and Chapter Two of It's coming out. I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Save the producer, life changing event just brought out. Top Gun Two is also is it coming out, Sam, or is it just in like stages of production, like filming right now? Do we know? Haven't they been teasing that for like fifteen years? They have been, but I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise himself even came out and said that they're doing it. So, well, um, yeah, Sam is confirming. Well, hey, he also said I was clear of evil spirits. So, boo boo on you. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm I'm good to go. So, yeah. On that note, oh yeah, no, we're 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 positive. I I trust Sam, and Sam says it's in production. Well, he is a producer, so he would know, I guess. He would know. That's like the magic. Like I'm assuming at producer college or whatever he did, um, <laughs> that they teach them about those secret meetings where they learn that. So now, can we talk about what this episode's about? I know you're you've been chomping at the bit since we started. So go ahead, Tom. What is this episode going to be about? So we have decided to call this our tough love episode. Actually, Ben came up with that, and I thought it was pretty much perfect. And it was. Suggested by a listener, actually. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. A listener named Conrad suggested it and said, hey, you guys need to talk about this. And so I'm like, hey, I think it's a great idea. And it ended up falling into where we were able to do it much sooner than we'd anticipated. Yes. So we have noticed a pattern of people wanting to know about resources on social media and... Or talking about, like, what resources, blah, blah, blah. Words are oh, God, words are hard. What resources should I use is a frequent question asked in multiple nurse practitioner groups. And also some of the posts themselves that are frankly, I, I think Ben and I and many, many, many other nurse practitioners have decided that it's probably about time to address some of the stuff we're seeing on social media. So that's kind of where this episode. Well, and I have students that will frequently say, well, what apps do you use or what resources do you use? Because they want to know what, you know, how we're getting the information that we're getting. And so we thought that would be a great episode to talk about what resources we use. And so it all kind of came together and it just made sense to pair the two together. And here we are. So, I think the first resource is on you, Ben. So the first resource that I have and tell my students about is a book called Finnegar and Fowler's Procedures for Primary Care. Now, I come across this book as a student because I had a physician who was my preceptor, and I would ask him a question about, hey, how much lidocaine do I need to draw up to inject in this knee? And he would walk over to his bookshelf and he'd point to that book. And I'd get the book out and I'd look it up. A couple weeks ago by, I'd ask another question about another procedure. Hey, how do I do such and such? And he'd point to that book. About the third time of him pointing to the book, I realized that that book is pretty damn important. So this book does cover a lot of procedures and things that you will do. And it's even basic stuff like, you know, proper technique for pelvic exams and things of that nature. But it does cover 
a bunch of stuff. And so I have actually purchased this book myself and it's in my office and I still reference it to this day and we'll pull it out to verify dosages on, you know, something that I may not do very often or if I have questions about how to reduce a shoulder or whatever the case may be, I think it's a great resource. It's again, it's Finnegar and Fowler's Procedures for Primary Care. You can find it on Amazon. Use our link if you'd like. We would appreciate it if you did. <laughs> I, yeah. But I do think it's a great book. And so that is my first resource that I use fairly frequently. Tom, what else you got, man? So the next one is probably a common one that most people have already heard of or that they use on a frequent basis. But just in case you don't, there is a website and an app called Up to Date. It is fairly pricey, but most hospitals already have accounts. So if you become a provider there, they can give you the IT department. If you can get them out of their little troll cavern, will come out and they'll hook you up and make it so that you can access their up-to-date account. And, and realistically, it is exactly what it says. It's an up-to-date resource that is frequently reviewed, and it's got the latest uh, contemporary re- uh, reviews and patient outcomes and treatment options, etc. So literally, it is the most up-to-date resource that is going to be out there. It's I know it's a clever name, isn't it? Yeah, hey, that's hard to remember, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so hard to remember. It's almost uh, like a mini Wikipedia. You go to the website, it's got a search bar, and you put in kidney stones, and it'll bring up diagnosis, symptoms, treatments, etc. So I think that's a very good all-around uh, resource, and it's also very simple to use and access. Now, with our hospitals setting that we have, we can actually get CEUs using UpToDate. Do you have that set up where you're at, Tom? Uh, I don't know. I have not tried to access it to use it for any CEUs. I would assume we do, but I have not used it in that capacity at this okay, time. So basically the way our setup is, and, and if you have the ability in your hospital system pays for up to date and there have pay for that package for CEUs, I guess I click, I have a little link. I click on it. It logs me into up to date and anything that I'm searching, it logs my time. And that's how I, can build up CEU hours. I can tell you when I first got out of school, I used up to date a shit ton. I think I logged like 130 hours in the first six months for CEU wise. I still probably use up to date four to five times a day, whether it's looking up a dosage because it has all your medications on it, whether it's looking up random treatment for chlamydia. Like I had a patient recently that apparently is resistant to azithromycin for chlamydia and so we're going to have to treat them with the next step up and that was available on up to date so i do agree that is a great resource if your hospital pays for it definitely use that and another one i'm i know it's ben's turn but this is another one that is both a website and an app and i knew we were going to try and break it up but might as well just point out there's both apps and a website for this one the uh, centers for disease control the cdc amazing resource, amazing, amazing resource. And I think it is vastly underused. Not only do they have a website, they have multiple apps, which we'll talk about in my app section here in a minute, but they also have services where you can actually call and speak to somebody there. And if you want, my understanding is, and I've never used this service, but if you talk to them about some disease, they will actually transcribe the conversation and send it to you so you can put it in your notes. So I was like, holy cow, that's a pretty amazing service to provide. And 
the U.S. government does provide it. So, I mean, these guys are not out there getting rich. These guys are out there trying to be at the forefront of helping us in disease processes. So definitely another service that's really good. It's a go-to. I use it frequently for like STD information as well. And Sam uses it to print out vaccine info sheets, which I think we do so many vaccines in the clinic that we actually just order them through the state, but they come from the CDC. So, Well, and like I said, there's uh, some specific apps and stuff like that that I was going to talk about. But yeah, those, those are some of the, the covered areas. And I believe at least they did a, year, a few years ago, Tom, and I have not looked. Do they still have their zombie preparedness website? So most people aren't aware of this, but the first office I had was completely decked out in zombie preparedness. Like I had posters <laughs> that were mounted on the wall. I had zombie survival books. I just always thought that was a really good, funny way to to have that stuff in my office. But no, I don't know if they've taken it down, but I don't think that it's probably been updated. It is still up. I just looked while you were talking. It was last updated in 2018. You can actually print zombie preparedness posters from the CDC. It says it's a, got a picture of a zombie on it. It says, get a kit, make a plan, be prepared. So the idea behind this originally, and it's really pretty ingenious of them, is if you think of the worst case scenario of what you need to be prepared for, it would be a zombie infestation. So the idea, if you are prepared, is that not the right word? No, I just, it's just funny that we're even discussing zombies. Uh, (laughs) But if you're prepared for a zombie infestation, then you're going to be prepared for anything else that could come your way. That's how they, the CDC has kind of embraced this. So the idea is basically is, is the way to be prepared for any natural disasters or anything like that that may occur. They've just done it kind of tongue in cheek with zombie preparedness. And I like that idea because like you said, you know, the walking dead was really big when they first came up with this idea and it was just a way to get more people involved. And if people don't want to help themselves, I guess they figured out a way to trick them into helping themselves. So that was good. We can throw a link to the zombie preparedness site on the CDC in our show notes. So we discussed zombies. I think my next one is it's a really broad general website. It's the website for the U.S. National Library of Medicine. It's part of the Department of Health and Human Services. The two big ones that are mostly going to be used under that is the Medline and the PubMed. And when you go onto that website, it's actually two big boxes. So like you can click on either one. It'll take you right to that. But if you need to know about some studies, etc., all that type of information is on that website. So it's really good, especially if you are one of our people that are currently in school, like Miss Amber or somebody else, that this is a good resource to, hey, I got to write a paper. Guess where you're going to find a lot of this information? Here it is. Do you know that website off the top of your head, Tom? It's uh, nlm.gov, I think. Yeah, it's got, well, at least right now, it's got PubMed, Medline Plus, Open Eye, ToxNet, which is on hazardous chemicals, clinicaltrials.gov, which is kind of interesting because then you can look up any clinical trials that may be going on for medications and things. And then a site called BLAST, which is Basic Local Alignment Search Tool. Not, it looks like the DNA stranding of some sort. I don't know what that is. But yeah, it, that's how they get you. <laughs> that's how the process begins for the RFID chipping. I, I read about this on some websites. This is how the government comes after us. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> NLM.gov. And we will try to compile a list of everything that we talk about and throw it in the show notes so that if you do want to go to these or 
bookmark them, you certainly will have that ability too. So quick break here for a minute, just so the people listening, if you are hearing some technical difficulties, we apologize, you know, growing pains. We had a little meeting with Sam, the producer, and we all decided that this is completely none of our faults, that Kyle, the sound engineer, has been dropping the ball, and that's why we're having any of these technical and audio issues. So please feel free to write in about what we should do to punish him if you do not enjoy the sound quality that is going on at this time. But Anyways, back to uh, regular programming. So I think now that we covered some of the websites and some of the books, I think it's really important to discuss apps. And I think one of the reasons for me is because mobile technology is literally everywhere. And even if you don't use a cell phone at work, then your work probably gives you an iPad, etc. It's literally everywhere. And this is the best way, I think, for at least the future of medicine to get this information across. So having said that, one of the first big apps for me is Hippocrates. You use that any at all? I don't. I used to. I use UpToDate more. They have an app for that also that I've got tied into my CEU account. So I use that more than anything. But go ahead and talk about Hippocrates. Well, since I don't know and I don't have UpToDate tied into anything, I can't use that one right now. So what I use Hippocrates for is like, let's say you have a two-year-old that's coming in you diagnose them with otitis media now we (laughs) now we have to give them the amoxicillin so how do i dosage that etc and it's usually most medicines that will have a dosage calculator or let's say like oh god uh what do i need to do what's the contraindications for this etc so most of it's on the medicine side i'm sure there are some more uses for that app but i will say that the majority of people including myself that use it or talk about it is usually for medication administration the app that i use frequently and i know i think i've told you about it and i think you use it now also is that is the sanford's guide to antibiotics it's actually a very small book if you want to buy, if you're a person who needs the pages and you want to flip through it, I mean, and when I say small, it's like probably four inches tall. Like, I mean, it's, a, it's literally a small book. It's perfect for going in a white coat. Exactly. Or you can just buy the app. And I think the app is like 20 bucks a year, which is expensive, but it covers all of your antimicrobials and all just the most random shit that you can think of that you may need is... Uh, is on that app. Tom, have you ever taken care of like a prairie dog bite? I have never taken care of a prairie dog bite. Nor have I, but if I ever did, I could use my Sanford guide to tell me what antibiotic that I need to use. I mean, and it covers, like I said, just tons of different things as far as human bites and different animal bites. But then it also covers like UTIs and what antibiotics are, you know, most effective you should use for that versus like pilo. So anything antibiotic wise, Sanford's guide to antibiotics or antimicrobials is the app that I use frequently. Also, yes, that's my go-to for treatment options. And another thing I like about it is, let's say, so, okay, we'll go with your infection again. So they have an ear infection. Oh, I can't have anything penicillin-based. So Sanford Guide will tell you, well, the the next line, the next line, the next line, it'll just keep going through until you can find a medication that you can treat them with. It's a really good. Now, I certainly know it's not the only one. Right. There are many, many, many different 
antibiotic guides out there. So if you're using one and you really like it, that's fine. I, I just know that Ben had told me about it. I know other ER physicians that use Sanford guide. So it just kind of was the one I was most familiar with and felt most comfortable using. Since we talked about CDC a little earlier. Just to keep our movie references up, Tom, when you said many, 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 it reminded me of Police Academy, Lassard. <laughs> I guess I'm, I don't know. Like, like I've not, seen Police Academy, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I know, but I don't know. Many, he says many, many all the time. Really? Oh. Never mind. I, yeah. No, I, I've i seen yeah. Police Academy. I just. Thanks, Sam. Sam got it. Oh, gosh. Okay. The what? Like. If that's my greatest downfall in life is I didn't memorize Police Academy, I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, fine, asshole. Move along. So we, we brushed. Yeah, I know. So we brushed on um, CDC earlier. So they have multiple apps. I almost said many, but I didn't. <laughs> many, know, many. Police Academy. <laughs> oh, Sam is just zinging out some uh, messages <laughs> while we're trying to do this here. So CDC has got multiple apps. I'm going to go over the main apps that I've used that I have used. Words are hard. Yes. So I'm going to go over the CDC apps that I have mainly used on my phone. I'm certain there are more, but these are the ones that are most common. There's the one for antibiotic treatment. There's one on vaccines. There's one on opiate prescription guidelines, and there's one for STD treatments. Now, I will tell you, having used this one, the CDC app for antibiotic treatment, it is also very good. I prefer the Sanford guide, but to be completely fair, if you use the CDC one, I don't think you're going to be missing many beats. It's not as user-friendly, perhaps, as Sanford Guide, but it is certainly as thorough. So you make your choice, whatever you're most comfortable with. I like Sanford Guide, but I would have no problem using the CDC app. What other apps do you use? So there's three more that I'll throw them out, and then we'll get into the, the meat of the other half of this episode. Yeah. So a really good one. I know we talked about this in pre-production and I know you wanted me to send it to you. ER resident. It's about 10 or $15. I don't remember how much it is. I think it's a one-time cost. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But anyways, so let's say someone comes in and they have an injured ankle. So you go to ankle injury and it'll tell you the Ottawa rules and do you need to order an x-ray, etc. It's a very handy app on a broad assessment and assortment of ailments you're going to see. So that's a really good one. Yeah, I had not heard of that. And I, I did in pre-production. I'm like, dude, send me the link to that because I want to download that. Yes. It, and even if you're in an office, even though it says ER resident, it's the same thing. Obviously, you're probably not going to use like Parkland rules for burn victims. But, you know. Curse how hard not anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're using the Parkland formula and you're in a, in a family clinic, your day has gone to shit real yeah. quick. But yeah, I mean, but like knee ankle injuries stuff like that i mean it covers way more than just chest thoracotomy though i don't think that's going to be on an app i'm just saying like there's actual information that we can all use so that's a pretty good app one i don't use very often but it has been pretty handy is the ASCCP app and that is from the american society for colposcopy and cervical pathology so if you're doing paps or you get an abnormal pap and you need to know what do i need to do or when do they need to come back or what is the next step for this patient that app will have all the algorithms so that you can go down that and kind of lay out the treatment options for the patient from there and 
this one I'm going to mention, I know you hadn't heard of this one either. This one is not something that I think is completely necessary. Like I highly suggest Sanford Guide, the CDC apps, ER Resident, etc. There's an app called Eponyms. And what it is, if you've ever read a pathology or radiology report and you're like, what is that? You could Google it and you'd get some pretty good information. But this is all like Ranson's criteria for evaluating acute pancreatitis. So if you saw something that said two positive signs of Ranson's criteria, and you're like, well, what's Ranson's criteria? You could type it into this app and it would bring it up. And why it's a little better than like Google is Google might just say, oh, this is for acute pancreatitis. But this app will be like, oh, this is the criteria affecting this nerve, et cetera. And it's a little more detailed for medical professionals. Or if you want to know about ospite sign, which is when you lightly scratch a plaque that you suspect to be psoriasis, if there's pinpoint bleeding, it's most likely psoriasis. So if you want to learn all that type of stuff, the eponyms app, and that's E-P-O-N-Y-M-S. And it's a it's been a pretty fun, if nothing else, just to look up something and be like, oh, well, I didn't know what a, there was something called a brothels line. But now I know. So <laughs> just information like that. And I know we talked about websites earlier, but in talking to you and listening to you, one popped in my brain that I forgot about that I do use, particularly when I'm working in the ER. And that is MD Calc, like MDCALC dot com. And that's a lot of the calculators that you can use. I think when you're talking about like scoring something, that's what it jarred in my memory. So it's got like Chad's score, Sears and Septus criteria, things of that nature. So that isn't also a good resource that I particularly use that whenever I am in the ER. Yeah, I'd forgot about that one because, well, I'm not in the ER at very much at all anymore. So, but that is a really good one. I think there's another one called Infuse, but that's primarily just IV medications versus MedCalc will do all medications. So I thought that was a pretty good one. All right, Ben. So, okay. So we talked about resources, Tom. And the reason that we talked about resources is because we wanted you to have the resources that you need. The other resource that we did not talk about and that we want to end with before we get into the tough love segment of this podcast. And the one that, Oh, that, We'll have to channel some chi during that that portion of the show. But the last one is collaboration. Phone a friend, whatever the case may be. That being, hopefully, through school and through working with people, you have developed relationships with people that whenever you have a question about something, you can go ask them a question. Hey, I have this weird rat, and I, I still do this. We have an office that has multiple nurse practitioners and multiple physicians in the same office. There have been lots of times that I will get a FLR, you know, a funky looking rash and be like, uh, um, just a second. And I'll go grab somebody and I'll be like, Hey, you got five minutes to come look at this because this is weird as hell. So, and I, I know Tom, you and I text frequently about, Hey, what's your dosage that you normally use for this? Or, Hey, what's your thoughts on this? It's that collaboration with your fellow nurse practitioners or fellow practitioners. Right, Tom? Correct. And honestly, so this is a big deal to me because I am still, I still consider myself a newer nurse practitioner and I do 
oh, uh, reference other nurse practitioners or physicians often. Okay, so I am not trying to make anybody feel like they're downgraded or that it's wrong to ask questions. It's absolutely not wrong. You should ask questions. I still ask questions. But I, I know I've nobody was more shocked than I than when other people with way more experience than me have come to me and said, hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, why are you asking me? But I found out that's just part of the culture is if you don't know, somebody else probably does. And so that's a great thing. And I would never discourage somebody from trying to access or gain knowledge or information. But, but <laughs> yeah, the big ubiquitous but. Okay, here we so, go. So <sighs> I don't know, Tom, I don't know when this started. I don't know when this trend started. I really don't, but I hope that the, it, it stops soon. That's what I was going to get at was I don't have a problem with someone asking a question, all right? But that's not what's going on, okay? Most of us, when we reference another provider, we go, hey, I am looking at A, B, and C. I have ruled out D, E, and F. I am thinking about treatment options one and two. You know, what do you think? Okay. That is a much different situation than what we're seeing on social media sites currently, which is, hey, take a take a look at this picture. Someone tell me what's wrong. Like, what? No, that's that's not the first way to go about treatment and it's not just that because like i said with some of the rashes i will bring somebody and go you know what i don't have a damn clue what this is the difference is i am talking to people that i have established relationships with that i trust i'm not posting a random picture on facebook to thirty thousand people going hey guys what's this look like or we have attempted to narrow down a diagnosis or medication treatment instead of just saying, hey, um, tomorrow's my first day or I'm going to a new office where I'm going to be seeing different types of patients. What should I treat hypertension with? Like, what? hold on. That's not, <laughs> that's not the same thing as referencing another provider for information. And these are not random instances that we are making up these are this is shit that we have actually seen on social media the problem with this is you are making the entire profession look bad and we're making it look like we don't know what the hell we are doing and so we're reaching out and we're crowdsourcing our freaking diagnoses diagnosi diagnoses yeah whatever sam I'm all irritated now, sorry. <laughs> but stop crowdsourcing this. Never. I I am getting a little Thomas. I know. I can feel it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, let it let it flow through you. <laughs> that is. I mean, the, these resources that are out there, as far as these Facebook groups, and I'll, I will be honest, there are several Facebook groups that I have been banned from because I call bullshit out like this on the posts. And I'm okay with that. I can live with that. But the fact is, you're making it. You're making everybody look bad because it looks like it's basically confirming all the concerns that people have about diploma mill schools and a bunch of people who don't know what the hell they're doing. And oh look, it's my first day. I have never taken care of anybody before. What do I? How do I treat hypertension? Well, how about you use some of your resources that you have. 
and looked that up. I spent so much time my first six months on up to date and different things to make sure that I was taking care of people appropriately. And I, you know, and, and this shit about it being, Oh, it's, it's uh posted with permission. That doesn't matter. It's uh, Tom say something. Cause I'm losing my shit. So here, here's some other facets of this issue that really need to be addressed. Besides the fact that everything he just said was absolutely correct is first of all, you should have a nursing background prior to even going to nurse practitioner school. And sh- we should have some basic ideas of how to do uh, or how to research medications, um, how to safely administer them, etc. This is part of the argument against those schools where it's like, oh, you were an RN for three days. You can go get your master's. OK, right. so that's the first problem. Yes. Second of all, I have never verified it myself. I have seen multiple people in the comment sections talk about this on when people post some ridiculous information or ask a ridiculous question on one of these uh, massive group websites. And it turns out that a lot of them are fake accounts, which would lead one to believe that the physicians that are using this information against us in stuff like, oh, political action when they're trying to defeat bills for full practice authority or when they're trashing us on physician based websites where they're like, look how dumb these guys are. And then they post screenshots of the conversations where people are like, well, I like to rub essential oils on people's back for pulmonary embolism. Like what is going on here? And I don't know that one for a fact. I'm just saying it's like information like that is out there. And which is how you're making the profession look bad. Yes. And when you wonder why I know for a fact, you know, Kansas is having an issue with its full practice authority bill. You want to know why? Because the physician groups are presenting evidence like this and people are going, well, I don't want that. And even though that might only be a small fraction of the profession, guess what you have just done? You have given them the ammunition to shoot us with. So please think about what you're doing before you post it. And I, even though I've been banned from a lot of these groups, I would implore the admin admin of these groups to shut this shit down. Not the groups per se. I think networking is a great thing. I have learned tons from people that I have networked with, but never in all of my years as a nurse practitioner have I ever posted something on Facebook and said, hey, what do you think this is? And then just expected other people to know what the hell it is. I just, it, it floors me to think, and, and the other issue that I have with this, because I'm, I'm already, I've already channeled Tom, so I'm just going to let it flow. The other thing that I have, the other problem that I have with this is, when people call them out and say, hey, you know what? You're making the profession look bad. Or, hey, you really should think twice about posting shit like this. Everybody gets all defensive and, oh, you're bullying. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah. You're, you're trying to eat the young. No, this is not a case of eating the young. And honestly, if this is a case of eating the young, then that young need eaten. So is that the Sam Aiton? Eaton? Aiton? Where are we going with? Yeah. <laughs> And it's not, it's not eating the young. It's trying to make the profession professional again. Not to say that we're not professional because we are. A lot of us are professional. There are people out there. And like Tom said, a lot of them are troll accounts that are just trying to get people to show. I, I don't I don't even know. 
Uh, just for real, knock this shit off. Quit posting and looking for diagnosis on Facebook. If you have a great resource, share it. If you want to network with people, hey, contracts, I think, are a great way to network. You know, hey, I, and I've seen that before. I don't necessarily talk specifically about my contract, but hey, if people are like, hey, you know, I'm looking in this area and this is the amount, I think that's an acceptable question. But quit trying to guess a diagnosis off Facebook. I think patients would be appalled if they knew that you were stepping out of the room, posting their shit on Facebook, and then just kind of twiddling your thumbs and waiting for comments to come back. So first of all, <laughs> Sam, thank you for the update. I, I, I know Aiton's not a word, so... <laughs> I but I appreciate I appreciate that I was you know just trying to put a little humor in there and and slow down slow down the Ben train yeah. that was rolling on through. I'm better, even though I was kind of even though I was kind of egging it on. <laughs> but everything Ben said, and, and again, questions are a good thing. Networking is a great thing. Asking about hey, what is the job situation in St. Louis if I'm going to move there? is a really good reason to have these. Or if you're studying for boards and you're a student, hey, what resources have you guys been using, etc. Okay. But we cannot expect to be respected by our physician peers. We can expect to be taken seriously by political action groups or state uh, representatives if this is what they're seeing. Because they don't... I will tell you right now, this is a life uh, experience, not medical experience. No one's going to remember the 99 great things you did out of 100. They're going to remember the one bad thing. Okay. And if that one bad thing is you saying, hey, I have a patient in here uh, who's allergic to amoxicillin. What should I treat him with? Guess what? Shit's going to go downhill quick. So if we do not start policing ourselves, I will tell you right now that other groups and i mean political physician based pa based they are they are going to sink their teeth in as hard as they can and try and tear us apart and honestly if this is the evidence that they're going to use against us because you are giving it to them it is going to be awfully hard to fight off yeah because it's not it's not like they're having to make up information they are literally using the information that we are giving them and if you are giving them that information, what is our argument? And that there aren't nurse practitioners that aren't, or I shouldn't say qualified. I mean, they theoretically have passports, I'm assuming. But when a nurse practitioner says, oh, I'm a new blah, 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 or maybe they can talk clearly. Yeah. <laughs> when a new nurse practitioner goes, I don't know how to do this. You literally put our heads on a silver platter and then handed it to the other people. No one expects you to know how to do everything all the time with every situation. It's just not possible. And honestly, a person that says they know everything is more dangerous than the person that doesn't know anything, because at least the person that doesn't know anything says, usually I don't know anything. It's true. I mean, it's sad, but very true. And, but go on. We're not saying don't ask questions. What I'm saying is ask questions to people that you trust that are your resources that you have built up. If you don't have those resources, obviously at some point you had a preceptor. I have sent pictures of rashes 
to a pediatrician and said, hey, what do you think this looks like? This is my thought, but I just kind of wanted your thoughts on it. So I'm not saying that things like that don't happen. What I'm saying is when you do it on Facebook, it looks horrible for the entire profession. And think about how you would defend that in a court of law if you had to. How, and I can tell you how, it's indefensible. It really is. There's nothing, what are you going to say? Well, I've seen everybody else do it. Okay, <laughs> okay well, that's not a valid response. Uh, well, I didn't know. I think it's indefensible, Sam, not inconceivable. Anyway. Oh, he's referencing, since we've been doing so many movie references, I know where he's going. That's the Princess Bride. Yeah, that's like one of my all-time favorites. But to get back to being serious, because this is actually, this is, I think, a, a serious I don't want to say topic issue. I mean, this is for people that are taking this lightly. Those are the people we don't need around. Okay. If you didn't realize you were making a mistake, but now you do, that's fine. We can, we can fix those things, but people need to realize the gravity of this situation and how serious this has become. Facebook is being blasted. Facebook, you know, has a, what a billion people on it. Probably. I mean, this is, this is not a small problem. Okay. You posting one picture and you're like, but you can't see their face. It's not even the point of that, because first of all, it doesn't matter. Right. And second of all, the point is beyond that. Okay. the point of asking a question is to try and get some specific information. And sometimes, like Ben said, I've done it myself, obviously, with rashes. Maybe we need to do a dermatology episode because everyone seems to have have a dermatology problem. Mine was a very specific issue that I won't discuss on the air, but it wasn't like I just said, hey, I'm not sure it was at the oh, 2.3 billion. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's a lot of people. So the point is, if you're going to ask a question, perhaps and I'm just just spitballing this here. You should have already thought about what is your differential and what are your treatment options? All right. If nothing else, even if you don't have those two, could you at least come to your person that you're going to ask with some information of what is going on? Like, hey, it's a 40-year-old male with this, this, and this. You know, I mean, could you at least do that versus just I'm going to ask every person on this group and hopefully somebody will know how to treat me. I can't stress enough not, not only how bad that is for you as a practice, but how bad that is for us in entirety as a profession. I think you summed that up beautifully at the end there, Tom. So I think we're just going to cut it off right there. If this is so, so people can't no, hold on. People can't see the video chat between Sam, Ben and I, Ben's literally getting Forrest Whitaker. eye <laughs> from, from talking about this, which is so weird to be on this side. Cause usually I'm the one yeah. that's looking like I'm having a mini stroke and Sam's like laughing and then Ben's like, okay, calm down. So it's kind of weird to be on this side. It's not that bad. I mean, I, you know, but I, I just think that people can't, I, I honestly don't think, <laughs> I honestly don't think people can understand how upset, like I know we laugh and we joke and we have been laughing because mostly Sam is cracking us up, but how, First of all, it surprised me that people were that upset that emailed us about it. Like, you guys really need to tear people up. So, like, that was a first sign that this is a big issue because people were coming to us and saying, hey, you need to do, you know, you should say something about this. But honestly, we've had this in personal conversations. We've had this in professional conversations. And now we're having it on the air with you about 
what's going on. So, And the reason that I get so worked up over this is I have worked with local and state nurse practitioner organizations to try to advance nurse practitioners to the level that we should be practicing at. And then you're going behind me and you are just knocking the blocks out of the foundation by posting this stuff. If you've done it in the past and you're sorry, great, cool, okay. You know what? We forgive you. Etch-a-sketch-it. It's gone. Don't do it in the future. That's all I'm trying to say. And I I think that's about all there is to say is all we can do is move forwards. But on that note, how about we just do social media and get out of here because I I got the whole – you know, Forrest Whitaker eye and Sam's concerned that Forrest is going to email us now. <laughs> <laughs> that we're somehow going to get sued by the guy who played Edie Amin in a movie. Like, oh, God, we don't want that. So, <laughs> If you still want to tune into our podcast or talk to us on our social media, join the conversation. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. Website, www. Words are hard. NWs are hard, apparently. www.justsomepodcast.com. Email admin at justsomepodcast.com I, I, wonder how, I wonder how many random pictures of rashes we're going to get I, now. I just sit here and thought about it I'm like, uh, and if you post shit on our Facebook <laughs> yeah. um, and last but not least big shout out to Forrest Whitaker love you think you're a great actor um, it's just a term bro like didn't mean it in anything bad as a matter of fact if you think about it it's like immortalizing you so i mean that's cool right so that's right you're don't, don't live forever i just i mean i've loved him since he played the dude in fast times at ritual high that killed everybody on the football field like that was amazing so just saying big time fan so right. anyways <laughs> Yeah, Sam. <laughs> Sam told Tom, "Don't bro him if you don't know him." And uh, you know that's great. But I feel like I know him. <laughs> he was in Vision Quest. Like I, I know this guy. All right, let's get out of here because I need to go take my blood pressure medicine. Apparently, um, <laughs> we got a lot of great ep- other episodes coming up. I know if you are a part of our Facebook group, we've talked about that on uh, some of the episodes we have coming up. I know we're gonna do a. Uh, women's health episode for Mother's Day. I think we got a vasectomy episode coming up pretty quick. We'll fill that in more later. Um, Tom had an idea of, and we need a topic. So here, if you're out there listening to us, we need a topic that you want us to talk about, and you're going to get the raw, unedited, we are going to push record, we're going to talk about this. We're going to leave everything in. We are going to hit stop, and we're going to post it as it is. So what do you want to listen to as a completely raw feed? Yes. So just if you were thinking, wow, these guys sound like damn train wrecks, let me tell you, that's the edited polished train wreck, okay? <laughs> there's a lot of times, like if there's a technical difficulty, etc., where we actually pause the show for lack of a better term and then it's edited out in post-production and we decided hey let's uh let's let the people hear what actually happens during a whole episode a cat meowing in the background someone taking a drink of a pop etc like whatever episode or whatever topic you want covered we'll do but we just thought that'd be really cool if the people actually heard us talking about everything and then bam going into it and if you're still listening at the alcohol episode clearly you can handle us at uh <laughs> at our work yeah so. yeah. yeah nothing could be as oh 
like I'm so glad we did that. Like that was a funny concept, but God, geez, just like it makes me cringe thinking about. <laughs> and I think we got a really cool idea for our Father's Day episode in June. So I mean, we're planning episodes out all the way out to then. I don't think we were going to talk about that yet. You need to join our Facebook group if you want to hear more about that. Roger that. All right. On that note, we will see everybody next week. Hope everybody has a great week. Hey, this is Tom. Everybody stay safe out there. Or stay safe out there even. Words are hard.